So for me, what I've noticed with um, healing is one of the best ways, or at least the most effective ways, I should say, is working with the inner child. And I only recently started working with the inner child in my most recent big awakening back in 2016. The more I worked with her, the more my intuition got stronger, the more my guides would start showing up and talking to me. And I started to get my vision started expanding. And so I started to realize that working with the inner child, he or she is the key to like a treasure trove of uh, intuitive gifts that are just waiting for you to receive, but the inner child's the one who unlocks them for you. You can, you're, you have the ability to go anywhere at any time and you can heal things in the past that will have a ripple effect on your timeline in this present moment. And that's what I started to see. And so for me, working with the inner child has been the most effective and most profound healing that I have done to this date. Welcome to your awakening journey. Today's destinations include higher consciousness and actualized potential. If all ascenders could now please be seated in a comfortable meditative posture, we're about to ascend. You are now arriving at your host, Brian Henry. What is up, Ascenders? You're not listening to The Awakened Podcast, a show on which we dive into some expansive, insightful conversations to assist you and the planetary collective consciousness in ascending to higher expressions of awareness, divine purpose, and infinite potential. My name is Brian Henry. I am the founder of Together We Ascend and The Ascend Academy over at togetherweascend.com and, of course, your host of the show. For those of you that are returning listeners, welcome back, Ascenders. And if this is your very first time tuning into the show, I want to welcome you to the Ascending Journey. In this episode of the Awaken Podcast, we translate some potent territories from applying astrological wisdom to accessing what our guest calls the wild masculine or the wild feminine by bringing these two energies in harmony within ourselves to grounding our manifestations into reality to then the summit of our conversations, the power in inner child work. Nicole Frolic, the host of the Enlightened Up podcast, which is over 200 episodes in, a great podcast she has an amazing channel and she's putting out some amazing content for someone that is doing such great work she had to have done some amazing work within herself and you'll hear her share in this episode that the most important type of work that she's done is this inner child work so you'll hear her speak about why she thinks this is so important and effective, her experiences with it, and of course, a little bit about how you can go about doing this for yourself. Because the child came in as a joyful being with powerful intuitive ability, and it's by reconnecting with the child that you'll access this for yourself, and perhaps awaken some of your intuitive gifts. So just before we jump into that, one quick thing about this episode of Senders. In the time of recording this, it was during the summer solstice. So the starting of my conversation with Nicole was a bit about that. Being that this is being put out a little bit after that, I decided to cut out that portion of the conversation as it simply wasn't relevant. So that's why there's a little bit of a running start at the beginning of our conversation. But I hope you don't mind this because what you are about to hear, I feel, has the ability to greatly support you. So if you're ready to hear from someone that has quite a bit to share, 
about the power in doing inner child work to awaken your intuitive gifts. Why don't you stick with us for this episode of the Awaken Podcast with Nicole Frolic? The more you, the more you kind of play with it and research and have fun and start learning more of the details, because uh, I'm still learning. Uh, I only really started getting into astrology a few years ago, but uh, it's it's the more I learn, the more I realize how accurate a lot of this is and how helpful it can be when making bigger decisions, uh, using the energies of the of the sky of the stars to facilitate a better foundation for whatever you're doing. It doesn't mean you have to live by it, just knowing that there is some sort of influence there. Um, so, yeah. I want to hear more about how exploring this has supported you. Well, it's just helped me understand how much influence there is from the cosmos to who we are. And then, of course, how much influence there is from us to the cosmos. Um, you know, we look at ourselves as so microscopic, but everything that we do has an influence on this universe. And everything out there has an influence on us. I mean, you just think about the solar flares coming off the sun, how it affects all of, can affect some of our technology. It affects our sleep. Some people get headaches. So the more you understand that there are so much influencing us, uh, the more you can uh, be in harmony with all of that. And I think the more you're in harmony, because we're taught to be out of harmony, not just with this planet, but with a lot of the planets. And so taking learning these ancient wisdoms that have been known in cultures for forever, you know, since the beginning of time, uh, we, we've lost some of that. And so it's important to kind of bring that back in and, and facilitate it in some of our ways to bring harmony. Mm -hmm. Do you find that this acts as a a stepping stone into that sense of harmony because one of the things that has, has come in for me is when we are just naturally finding that sense of line, alignment vibrationally is going to the information going to be even relevant to us at that point say that again so i mean to say is I've had people kind of point to um, even even people who swear by um, astrology and the knowledge that gets explored there kind of point to the sense of alignment and harmony that we can come into where we no longer really need to think about where the stars are, how they might be influencing us, because we're already residing in that, that sense of alignment naturally. You see what I'm saying? I do. It's, it's interesting because I think that when you're coming into alignment with things, yeah, you, there, you may be in alignment in certain ways um, that you're aware of and then certain ways that you're unaware of. And for me, it's like, it's, it's kind of like past lives you don't really need to know what your past lives are in order to accomplish what it is today. You know, that whatever you're doing in this lifetime is, is what's most important, not what you did in past lives. However, there are certain things that have happened in your past lives that may be hindering you in this lifetime, whether maybe it's a fear that got initiated in a past life or an experience or a trauma that's bleeding through into this lifetime and that is kind of compounded through another experience that you have here they're kind of parallel and without you understanding why you're feeling such in a deep emotional trigger to it there's no context there it's not that you need the past life in order to heal whatever the emotional wound is here because i believe that as you heal in the moment you're also healing um past lives in conjunction however sometimes the context is very helpful in understanding what's going through and it allows you to move through things faster because you have an understanding of why things may feel a certain way or what's actually happening um, and sometimes having certain knowledge can activate you in, in different ways. It can turn some of your DNA on. You can get downloads just from hearing certain information. So it's not so much that you need it. 
but there could, it could be helpful. It could be activating for you and maybe put some context around things that help you have a deeper understanding. Hmm. I see now why I felt called to ask that. And it's because of this, um, personally, what I find myself coming into is finding this way to bring together both a love for, for knowledge and intellectual understanding and let that play nice with still being intuitive and allowing myself to be led by the heart. And I think sometimes the way that we, we conceptualize these things, it, we can make them out to be two things that might be at odds with another. But I do believe that there's this, there's this middle ground where we can, we can play in the knowledge, we can explore it and we can enjoy that. And at the same time, rest into this sense of inner knowing that I think goes far deeper than that. So. Absolutely. That's you're, right now you're describing the masculine and feminine energies being in harmony with one another. You know, our, our intellect um, is our masculine, is our masculine, is the masculine mind and our intuition is the feminine. It's the abstract, it's the unknown. And when those two are in harmony with one another, that's where we're in balance. That's when we're in balance. If we stray too much to one side or think that we don't need the other, then we're not really working with duality in the way that we're intended to in this, in this lifetime. We're here to bridge the gap. We're here to know that both are necessary and work in, and work in conjunction with one another. And that's how true harmony comes through. So uniting the masculine and feminine, not just within ourselves, but in everything that we do and everything that we see, it's so important. So dismissing one or the other can lend you to be um, out of balance. Uh, so, but I think that on our journey, there are always going to be times where we're leaning into one side more than the other, but ultimately we're looking to bring that, um, bring those two elements of polarity closer into this beautiful dance. It's harmonized dance so that everything's moving in flow because that's the universe. Mm, beautifully said. I want to ask what's your personal journey been like with bringing those two energies into harmony with one another? Mm -hmm. um, it's been interesting. <laughs> I was very masculine oriented in my energy from a kid. I had a lot of hatred, I want to say, for the feminine, uh, just from this idea of believing that it you were weak if you were a woman, um, or at least you were perceived as weak. Uh, men had all these advantages. I, this is what I what perceived as a child. And of course, I mean, not to get too much into it, but I believe that our school also indoctrinated that into me yet to some degree. It's also from our media. But overall, though, I can say that, you know, I knew my dad wanted a boy first. I was, the, I was the firstborn. And so I, and he always treated me like a boy. So I always felt that he wanted me to be a boy. And I was always trying to diminish the fact that I was a girl and be more masculine. And so I was always um, trying to excel at school. I was always top athlete, um, captain of all my, my sports teams, uh, wanted to get straight A's. I was just an overachiever. Part of that was just trying to get my father's attention. Um, and so, Throughout my life, it was just really hard. I wouldn't let anyone see my vulnerable side. Um, if I did cry, my family tended to make fun of me. So there was just all these things that really kind of shaped me into really devaluing and closing down my feminine energy until I was 30, 30, 31, where um, I took a one-year sabbatical off work. I was had moved down to the Cayman Islands from Canada and I was working down there and I decided to quit my job there after a year and a half and 
travel for a year, just take a one year off and just start traveling. And that was the initiation into my feminine energy, because my goal of that sabbatical was to not have plans to just go with the flow. And that's very feminine energy, right? Like the masculine energy, we have a plan, there's structure, um, there's discipline, you, you, you know, you fall, it's very linear, where my goal was to just go with whatever was coming in and, and be able to change my mind at any given time and not know what is happening. You know, it's again, the feminine represents the unknown. And so that was very interesting. I did a 10 day silent um, Vipassana meditation um, like class in the Costa Rican jungle. And that was probably the big activator for me. I had an extremely profound experience on day four there where I was no longer part of my body. I recognized myself just as energy. And I found this beautiful contentment and peace within myself that I'd never felt before. And when I came back into my body after the two hours, which only felt like 10 minutes, um, I started crying. I broke down into heaving tears. And it was me understanding after some time of sitting with that energy of realizing that I felt like I had returned home for the very first time. And so this really kicked off a big journey of exploration into my feminine my feminine energy. So I learned to do yoga. I started nurturing myself, um, eating different. Like I always was healthy, but I was wanting to try something that I think was, I went vegetarian for a little bit. Um, not saying that you have to, I just, that's something I chose. And it just really kind of sparked me on a whole new journey. I ended up challenging myself and moving into areas that were very scary for me uh, on a soul level, just because they were things that I wasn't good at. So for instance, yoga, I was a big athlete, but I was so inflexible. So whenever I did yoga, my self-esteem was extremely low. And I felt like I was the bottom of the, the bottom rung on the ladder versus my whole life. I'd always been at the top. And so I was putting myself in these uncomfortable positions to really explore some of what I, what I consider at the time my weaknesses, but what I discovered through allowing myself to be accepting of those weaknesses and to allow myself to, to move into them and to lean into them is that they be, ended up becoming some of my strengths and redefining my relationship with my feminine side, learning the power of vulnerability, how that started so much heart healing for me. So through my thirties was very much a time of coming back home to the abandoned feminine within myself, which then started a whole journey of inner child work. And so it's been interesting. And then on top of that, whenever you are leaning into whatever side, maybe you're someone who was more into your feminine energy, and now you've got to learn to be more into your masculine energy there's always wounded aspects on both sides. And so even though I was heavily into my masculine, I was more in my wounded masculine. I wasn't in like the really, the really kind of healed masculine or like what I like to call the wild uh, masculine. And as I started to heal my feminine, I started to come more into harmony with the wild aspects versus the wounded aspects of the masculine. So I started to understand the importance of the structure and the discipline to give me an understanding or, or give me a container to work within, but to not allow it to be so rigid that it was limiting me, you know, to use it more to protect me, to give me focus, to take my drive, to take all of the creative downloads and inspiration that was coming through my feminine side and then funnel it through my masculine so I could manifest it. And as you do this, you just start to realize that more of your wild feminine and masculine aspects really start to come into harmony. And when they do, your untapped potential starts to funnel through you, you know, it starts to feed through you, you start to see what you're really capable of. And it's really um, wild to witness uh, seeing yourself transform and what kind of creations come from all of that. What I'm getting from this is both of these energies are more powerful when being supported by the other. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And coming into harmony 
on well, both sides, because it's of course a balance, but invoking a, a healthy balance on one side is going to support you in finding finding a, a greater sense of alignment with the, the opposing energy. Yeah. The complementary energy, I should say. Yeah. And you've, you will notice that you're being guided towards that. Once you start to come into harmony with one aspect of yourself, it's going to naturally push you into the places that aren't in harmony, whatever is needed next. You know, we all have what might be needed next for us and it won't be the same for any specific person or chapter in our life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So how do you find yourself recognizing where there may be a need to create for a little bit of a shift? Say that again. How do you find yourself being able to, to recognize or tune in when perhaps one of these areas, areas are out of balance? Oh, it's very simple. <laughs> You're usually triggered. <laughs> Whatever I'm getting triggered on, um, that's usually like one of those kind of like flashing lights. Uh, look at me. This needs some more healing because you don't get triggered by things that you're already at peace with. So, um, things that aren't at peace within you will get triggered. And so someone may say something to you or an event might happen, or, um, you might start experiencing things over and over again, that just keep putting you into this constant state of whatever it is that needs to be healed. And, uh, to me, that is usually a clear sign of understanding what's now coming up for, um, healing. Yeah. And another thing that comes in with that is, when we are being triggered by another, for example, or a situation, or we're judging something in another, it really is always pointing us back to something within ourselves that we may be judging or suppressing. Oh, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Are you in harmony these days? Uh, yeah, for, I, I'd like to say that I, I'm honestly the happiest I've ever been. That doesn't mean I don't have my challenges. Um, I think we're all under different challenges. I think what's kind of transpired since March of 2020 through the whole world has been part of a huge awakening within all of us on some level uh, to differing degrees. I think this um, perpetuation of separation, all these things of duality trying to separate us has been great to trigger within us what we need to bring back into balance. and. Um, how to find ways to unify when separation is being um, uh, pushed so much. And there's so many ways that this world, this matrix that we live in, wishes to um, control us through this idea that this illusion that we are separate. And so the more that we come into realization and illuminate the fact that there is nothing that is separating us, that we will finally be able to collapse the system and heal um, heal what we've come here to heal and bring this planet back into more harmony with itself. It's, it's been interesting to see all of that, this play out. I, I, you know, when everything started, you have this idea of what you think it's all about. But as time goes on, of course, because 2020 is always hindsight, you can look back and you can see how everything's, you can see the manipulation, you can see the division, you can see the fear, you can see, and the fears on both sides. There isn't one side that isn't more feel fearful than the other. Fearful fears on both sides of duality here. And so just recognizing all of the ways that were controlled or manipulated. Um, and you can take that as a macro um, example and then funnel it back into the micro of your own ego and your own pain and, and how, how it all works. And so for me, speaking, um, being able to speak, not just my truth, but to have conversations with others about what their truth is, has been very healing. Um, so like you, I'm sure like I have my own podcast and I'm now four years in, and that has been instrumental in helping me strike more balance, getting more knowledge and understanding, hearing different people's points of view on how things are, whether I agree or I might disagree, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just opening the channels of communication. Uh, and also because I was, I recently in the last year and a half um, 
remembered that like the memory started coming in that I was sexually abused when I was five. Uh, and this made so much sense as to understand why I had trouble speaking up, why I had trouble even starting my channel back in 2016, 2017. I was trying so hard to like do videos and I wasn't, it was so difficult for me to talk and I felt so shy and I felt so closed up and I'm like, oh, what are people gonna, you know, I had all these insecurities, but also I was just finding it difficult to, to speak. And um, I realized through some of my healing is that I was very disempowered at five through the sexual abuse because the man that did this to me was like, we won't tell your parents. Um, you know, this was like, keep it a secret. And I was so angry inside. And I also felt like I wasn't safe. And so this idea of like, not being able to speak your truth, because you don't feel safe, or if you do speak up, what will happen, there was all these fears that like, would I, would my family be angry at me? Would my family be angry with the other part of the family? Like, there were so many different things that you don't realize that you're dealing with. Um, and being able to actually use my channel has helped me move through a lot of that deeper emotional trauma. So what I'm trying to say is this whole like pandemic that we've been going through has shown like how there's a big oppression on the people by um, certain corporations or governments or anything like that to keep you in fear, to not, to not stand up for yourself, to just follow along and do as you're told. And that was triggering more of that. Like I already started the healing for that, but it was really kind of moving me into a deeper place where now with my healer that I work with, she was just blown away at my throat chakra. The last time we had a session, she was, she was like, your throat is so powerful right now. She goes, it's, she goes, I don't usually see people with their throat chakra this open. And I think it's just kind of more because the throat also represents your truth because it's the blue color represents truth. And right now we're all being pushed to really look at what's true for us. And the more that we do that, the more we get to strengthen and we get to um, validate who we truly are and let what was, what wasn't really us start to dissolve away. Mm -hmm. And I also find that the more we begin to cultivate the momentum and expressing the truth, the more that that just really sets in that, that sense of alignment with it, but it's in kind of experiencing yourself express that, that that really comes online. Yeah. Yeah. So important. And then I also want to say that, you know, the way that that's going to come forth for different individuals is going to also vary, right? For us, it might be the podcast channel. It might be the YouTube, but that's not to say that everyone's supposed to start a YouTube channel. No, not at all. Yeah. Tuning in. Although I will say this. I think everyone, I think everyone should try a podcast episode just to kind of put themselves out there and just to see what it brings up in you just as a, as an exercise, you know, not as something, cause you're going to do it for long-term, but just use it as an exercise to see, well, what's going to come up for me? Like, how am I going to handle this? What it's so interesting, mm -hmm. what really surfaces. So I think it's a great tool to use, um, in the learn and learning and understanding of who you are and what you're capable of is just do one episode, record it. You don't even have to put it on air anywhere, you know, like, I mean, you kind of want to do it with that intention so that you feel the, the like, mm -hmm. Ooh, like people are going to listen to this, but, um, mm -hmm. be surprised. You, you, you'll, you'll see where some of your blocks are. Yeah. And there might be that little bit of hesitation going into it, but that I think is all the more reason to do it. Yeah. 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 Another one that uh, that comes up for me that I, I highly recommend as well is just recording yourself talking to the camera. I mean, same idea, right? Um, I, I began to kind of describe this as just video journaling. Um, journaling in itself is something I think everyone should also be doing. I mean, that's a bold statement, but at least give it a shot. But same idea, like video journal, document, share and see what comes up. I've had some powerful experiences and you'll be surprised. You might feel like there's not much to be said, but once you start to get going, the things that do come up. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Journaling is so important. Journaling is very, um, not just cathartic and healing, but it imprints you in a different way than speaking does. It's actually 
more powerful sometimes than speaking uh, because you're not just doing it, but you're seeing it. Mm. And um, there's something very permanent about writing something down versus saying it. I mean, you can record it and it's recorded, whatever, but you can, you know what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. writing sometimes can have a more, a deeper effect uh, in, in awakening you and activating something as well as healing. So it's very helpful to do that. I love that you said that because I have found myself kind of on this, this in the past on this fence between, Oh, should I make it a video journaling practice or should I make it a writing journaling practice? And I've done both. And I've noticed that, you know, the effect of it just feels entirely different. And I've kind of come to the same conclusion as you. It's, it's different in what it invokes in you. Um, but the way that you're describing it is starting to make it make, make a lot more sense to me how, you know, just seeing that um, there's something about that, that visual aspect of seeing those words on the page that, that could you describe to me a little bit more deeply what you feel like that, um, what might be in store for an individual in that process? I think just in general, we have a little bit more of a hang up with using our voice than we do with writing because it's a little bit more personal and not everyone's, no one's going to really read your journal, right? But if you're speaking out loud, usually you're speaking to someone else, right? So um, there is a bit more of an intimacy involved in writing and a little bit more of a safety Mm. Uh, that's, that's, uh, surrounding you that allows for you to go a little deeper. I think it allows for more, for more vulnerability. And I also believe that more people are able to channel through writing, uh, at least initially than through speaking, uh, you'd be surprised at what can come through if you try automatic writing and just allow your pen to move without you trying to think about anything. And before you know it, you probably wouldn't be even able to keep up with like the pen can't even keep up with what's trying to come through. But there is more intimacy. I think it's a bit safer for us, which allows for that vulnerability to come through. There's a safety and an element of safety there, which is needed. Safety resides in the root chakra. The root chakra is what allows us to manifest things. It grounds us. So whatever is coming through, um, if we are writing and we feel safer, I feel that we're going to be able to pull the energies through and ground them more through writing. That makes total sense to me that it would be, or it is easier to, um, to come into that, that state of just ease, which would allow for that, that channeling of clarity to, to unfold more naturally. There's less constriction yeah. in that experience. So what will be expressed will probably be more, more authentic, more natural. You mentioned something there that I want to dive deeper into. The root chakra is what allows us to manifest things. I've never heard it being put in that way. Um, But I see why you're saying that. How do we go about grounding our intentions, our energy into manifestation in relation to the root chakra. It's so important for everyone to understand the power of the root chakra, because if the root chakra is blocked, you're not all of your, you could have like a really strong throat or a really strong crown, but it's got nowhere to go into the earth. (laughs) And our whole job of why we're here is to bring the energies through us and ground the energies in order for you to manifest what you want, it has to come through the lower chakra system. So I think sometimes because we're so linear down here and because we look at hierarchy, um, because it's just the way the system's taught to us that lower is less and higher is better, that we seem to think that if our crown chakra is good or our third eye is open, that everything's great. And we tend to forget about the root and the sacral. But and if the more I've, I've, I've studied energy and, and kind of really looked at this whole matrix system and how it's operated and how they control us, 
the biggest control is through fear. Well, where's the fear? It sits in the root chakra. It's your fight or flight, right? It's your survival instinct. And so when you're attacked at the root chakra, nothing can come through you. You're ungrounded. You're not in your body sometimes. And when you're not in your body, this is why a lot of people don't even have a great memory is they don't remember certain things is because when you're more intuitive or empathic or you feel things, you tend to be outside of your body more, but you need to be in your body. You need to have a really good relationship with your body. You need to feel safe. That's why healing is so important um, so that you feel safe in your body and you're able to open up that root chakra because as soon as you open up the root chakra, now everything that's, that's, that's lining up here has somewhere to go. You know, you're not blocking things up or creating an excess of energy, which is also not good. You don't want an excess of energy that doesn't have anywhere to go. So the root is so important because although we may be pulling things in from our upper chakras when it comes to the, the downloads, the understanding, the wisdom, the teachings, uh, the visualizations, all of that inspiration is coming through us. In order for us to manifest it in this world, it has to come through the three lower chakras. And if your root chakra is blocked, you're not going to have a very difficult time actually bringing things into fruition. So the root chakra is so important because it's also responsible for, um, you know, the root and the sacral. It, it's like, you know, the, our stimulation, it's, it's our, it's where our sexual organs are, but our sexual organs are responsible for harnessing the energy of creation of um, taking like sexual energy, not necessarily having sex, but the sexual energy, the passion, the, 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 the awakening of the Kundalini and being able to use it to power what you want to create, give you the drive to actually put into motion what all of the inspiration and divine downloads you've been receiving and putting them here on planet. So, you know, part of what I went through and my awakening, and I'm sure many people can relate to this is that you put so much emphasis on the higher realms and wanting to connect so much that we often forget about all the connection down here. That This is where this is the important part. That's why you incarnated into this body, into this lifetime is so that you can work with the other energies and pull them into this now to manifest and create here. That is ultimately what we are here to do. And so the system tries to attack us through the root chakra using fear. Um, and um, also through our sacral chakra, which holds a lot of our abundance codes um, in not feeling good enough, you know, feeling insufficient, uh, not having that value. So these are a lot of different ways that um, this matrix tries to control and manipulate, suppress what our potential actually is. And um, and that's okay, because it's part of the system. We knew that coming in, it's allowing us to learn and, and find uh, what we're made out of. You know, oftentimes, uh, the, the human nature, I think, really is that until we are pushed up against the wall or until we're in a position where we can't take it anymore, we don't start to realize what we're capable of. And so we tend to get pushed or allow ourselves to be pushed, 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 pushed until we're like, I can't do this anymore. I have to like do something different whatever that might be. And that's where all this inspiration and surge of energy starts to come from. It'd be nice if it wasn't that way, but for the most part, that's kind of how we as humans, because we're so traumatized, we're a traumatized race, right? We've been manipulated for eons. Like it's just, <laughs> it's like hundreds, like tens of thousands of years, um, if not hundreds of thousands of years. So, um, you know, that's, that's kind of what the, that's the least my opinion. That's how I feel. We're in doing quite a bit of the programming. Yeah. 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 I mean, and I think this directly relates to what we were talking about earlier in our conversation, the um, resurgence of the, the feminine, right? Mm -hmm. Bringing forth more energy into, into feeling, into grounding. And um, I know that's where, where a lot, especially those that are actively pursuing spiritual growth are, are at right now. It's okay. Lots coming in, all this information, and yeah, that's great. But are we grounding that? Are we grounding that into these lower energy centers and bringing it forth into, into the human? Because we're yeah. here to play the human. Yes, exactly. Honoring the experience we signed up for. Mm. Mm -hmm. And again, opening up in those areas is going to allow for us to create more powerfully. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How do you go about um, opening those those areas for for greater energy, more powerful manifestation? Well, I've been doing healing for a long time. <laughs> um, I started my healing journey uh, around 2021, so over 20 years now. Before you go any deeper into that, what does healing mean to you? Healing means um, bringing things back into harmony and balance, right? If something is not healed, it's out of balance. It's in separation. It's not in union. And so it's about bringing things back together into wholeness. Okay. Yeah. So for me, what I've noticed with um, healing is one of the best ways, or at least the most effective ways, I should say, is working with the inner child. And I only recently started working with the inner child in my most recent big awakening back in 2016. And I started working with her. Um, I, I, I had a Reiki, a friend who did Reiki on me. And she says, oh, your inner child, you should try working with her. And I had never even heard. I was like, okay, what am I supposed to do? I don't know. She's like, oh, just call her into your meditation. And I'm like, okay. And so I just started working with her in my meditation. And um, through that, I started to learn like what to do. And so I always, for me, like, again, root safety, the inner, the child within us needs to feel safe. There's so much that we don't feel safe about. And so I would always bring her into the forest in my meditation. And cause that to me was my safe space. Uh, that was like where I felt at home and free. And so Every time in meditation, I'd meet her there and we'd maybe go on walks, nature walks. We'd climb, climb trees, climb rocks, go play by the stream, play with frogs. I loved playing with frogs as a kid. Um, there would sometimes be a really big tree um, that we would go into and go down into the, into the earth, which I learned she was taking me into my Akashic records. Uh, and so working with the inner child, I started to realize that through me bringing her back into my awareness to the forefront of my understanding, instead of pretending like she didn't matter anymore, I started to learn, listen to her. I would ask her questions. We would talk and I would let her just speak to me and share like how she was feeling or just how she would perceive the certain things in the forest. and if I didn't try to control the situation too much and I just kind of really let go, which is very feminine energy, she would surprise me with all of these things that would instantly, like I would burst into tears in meditation when she would say certain things and just realizing how, how alone she felt, how abandoned, how much she yearns to be good, how she just wants to be good and how seeing that how it plays out in my life and how um always a people pleaser and also just never wanting to do the wrong thing and and just you know the pressure that i might put on myself to be perfect and all these different things and just letting her know i started to give her all of the the words of positive affirmation that she never got as a kid or she needed or the nurturing you know my family wasn't very touchy like we didn't hug a lot we didn't do any of that so I, I in my in my um, work with her I would do a lot of physical healing um, just by holding her on my lap and and so and, and then the more I worked with her the more my intuition got stronger the more my guides would start showing up and talking to me and I started to get my vision started expanding and so I started to realize that working with the inner child, he or she is the key to um, like a treasure trove of uh, intuitive gifts that are just waiting for you to receive. But the inner child's the one who unlocks them for you. And so, yeah, it's been wonderful. And so just working with her and, and being willing to see the things that I had locked away that I had pushed down into a big, deep, dark place that I never wanted to look at again. And realizing that through abandoning her, I kept creating these situations where people were abandoning me. And mm -hmm. so the more that I brought her in, the less that was happening in my relationships. And so I started to heal all of the things that I was experiencing in my adult present moment and, and changing them through giving her 
what she needed would then shift my reality in this moment in time. So it's kind of like time travel. Working with your inner child is, is, is time traveling. I mean, we're time traveling all the time. I don't think we realize it. It's just so easy to do. You close your eyes, you're, you're there. You, you don't even have to close your eyes. You, can, you're, you have the ability to go anywhere at any time and you can heal things in the past that will have a ripple effect on your timeline in this present moment. And that's mm-hmm. what I started to see. And so for me, working with the inner child has been the most effective and most profound healing that I have done to this date. It's not that other things aren't good, they have their place, but for me, the inner child has been the most, um, it's had the most abundant results. Mm. It's such a powerful practice. And it's just, like you said, kind of one approach, but uh, it's certainly one that I think has a lot in store for, for many individuals. Yeah, I mean, our subconscious is the only thing that's aware between the ages of zero and seven. Our conscious awareness doesn't even come online until seven years old. So everything's programmed into us through our experience or what we're told. And there's a lot of unprogramming that has to happen in order for you to actually step into the person you truly know you are. It's overriding a lot of that programming. And the inner child is like, it's basically being able to go to the root of the programming. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you believe is the, the connection between the inner child and our intuitive gifts? Well, look at children and you'll know. They are so full of joy. They are so free. They have so much love. All they wanna do is love. And that is the state that we're all trying to return to. That is our natural inherent state of being. And we teach children, you know, a lot of it's unconsciously, we're unconsciously teaching our children to move away from that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so oftentimes intuitive people will have memories of their gifts being active when they were children, where they, some people may have been able to see ghosts or some people may have had their own guides show up or ETs, or um, maybe, you know, you had this, uh, you could see, you had visions and you knew something was gonna happen before it happened and it would start to come true. Like whatever it might've been, um, hearing voices and children often have those abilities because they haven't gone through the programming yet but that's what shuts everything down. So the child already came in with the gifts. That's why she's still holding on to them. She's like, you told me to put it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you have to encourage her to bring it back out. Mm-hmm. It's almost like, let's play with that toy again. And, you know, like share it with me. And so I found that my inner child is probably one of my wisest guides. She holds a lot of wisdom and that would go the same for many of you out there who are listening to this today. Um, There's a lot of wisdom held in there. How, how often have you listened to a kid say something and it just, it's the simplest thing, but it strikes you and it's so profound and it's like, you know, Um, there's a lot of wisdom held there and it's just, it's the vibration. It's the vibration of the child. They come in with purity. They come in with innocence. Um, And there's something there's something to be said about being able to create from a blank slate, being able Mm. to create from that place of innocence to restore it uh, is it it kind of invigorates and allows for a whole new clean slate within yourself to create. So very powerful, the inner child. And greater creativity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So much creativity. I believe that's our, the source of our greatest creativity because when it's now happening from that state of like the blank slate there's no agenda involved with what we think we need to achieve or who we think we need to be for for others or idea around what is worthy what's deserving of love mm-hmm. the moment we come into that that pure essence of i'm going to create from a state of innocence and creative joy i believe that's when our greatest creativity and energy is going to start to emerge through us yeah and it's not that 
you don't, you negate all of the wisdom that you've learned through the trauma and the programming and all of that. And then healing yourself, it's that you're healing all of it, but you get to take all of the new wisdom that you've learned, but you're then re, you're almost kind of like restoring the vibration of the purity and the innocence and the childlike wonderment and the thrill of wanting to explore everything again, you know? So it's like bringing all of that back to life, but still also having all the wisdom. Yeah. And applying it in a way that is going to be one more enjoyable through the experience of Mm -hmm. channeling that. But then also I find it's going to, to also have a far greater effect as well. Absolutely. I want to hear more about your process for getting in touch with that, that inner child. Is this something that you, well, I'm sure you, you allow for your intuition to guide you, but is there any, um, you feel like there's any pillar points to how you'd support or guide someone in approaching this for themselves? Yeah, I'm, I'm actually in the process of creating like an eight week inner child course. Why am I um, not surprised? Yeah, just because I realized this was something that just innately came to me. I understood it. It was just shown to me. I know this was is part of what part of my mission is to help people understand the work of the inner child. And when I work with people in inner child healing sessions through coaching or whatever it might be, um, a lot of people just don't know where to start or they don't understand how to do it, which I totally understand that. Um, And so one of the most important things to do is if you can find pictures of yourself from a younger age, you know, it doesn't matter whatever age you're feeling called to, or maybe you don't have many pictures, just whatever you can see, look at yourself in that picture, tune into that person um, and tune into, tune into yourself, really look into the eyes, look at the expression on your face. What were you feeling in that moment? It'll help you connect to that moment in time that is frozen on a picture. And this will kind of give you a guidepost of, cause when you go to close your eyes and try to reconnect in meditation or whatever it might be with your inner child, a lot of times people like can't even picture themselves. So having the picture can be helpful in stimulating the vision. Um, I always say, whatever was your happy place, your safe place as a child, or, and even if it didn't physically exist, maybe it was like an imagination thing created in your mind. And that's where you meet your inner child. Your inner child needs to feel safe and also needs to feel, um, uh, yeah, they need to feel safe so that they can open up. And so creating some place that feels comfortable to them um, is, is important. And if you're unsure of like what to do because sometimes if you just sit like your inner child may just start talking to you or maybe they won't maybe they're really shut down and you need to kind of guide the conversation but holding a child on your lap children love to be held on the lap and I actually I'm creating this part in my course right now and I realized I got this download of why why is it that children love to be held on the lap because I always tell my clients to do this. If there's, if there's nothing else that you know how to do, hold them on your lap, hold them close to your chest, you know, and tell them how much you love them. Tell them, tell, tell them how perfect they are. Tell them that they're, that how creative, how smart, how beautiful, how um, like whatever, like anything that whatever it is that you needed to hear as a child, you are now the voice to tell them you are, you are literally reparenting your child through positive affirmation. And so you can do all that, but I'm like, why the lap? And I realized, oh, because it's the root chakra. It's where they feel safe. It allows them to ground. It gives them an anchor point and it feels safe for them. They're in your root chakra. And so it's helping them learn that stability. And so, um, yeah, so those are a few things that you can do. It's a good starting point to kind of launch pad into, and sometimes your inner child will guide you and they'll tell you exactly what you need to do. And then not, it's not just a meditative practice. It's a, it's a living practice as well. So there'll be times where I'll be like, wow, why do I really want to eat ice cream right now? And I'm like, oh, and I check in. I'm like, is that my inner child? Do I, you really want ice cream? You know what? We're going to give you ice cream today. Okay. Like 
inner child just really wants that or needs that today, we're going to go for ice cream. Um, last year I was running around the lake and I was seeing people rollerblading and I've been wanting for a couple of years to get rollerblades again. So I used to do that when I was like, um, you know, like 19, 20, 21, 22. And, uh, I was like, oh, it just looks like so much fun. And then I realized, oh, I tuned into my inner child. I'm like, you want these, don't you? And she was just like, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And I'm like, all right, we're getting them. And so I got them. And every time I would go for a rollerblade, I would make sure to really kind of connect with her. I'm like, Hey, we're doing this together. Like we're having fun. Like it's exercise for me, but it's fun for you. And like, we just feel free and we get to be outside and get to feel the wind and, you know, whatever that was that I loved as a kid. And so there's like all these different things, like you know, sometimes I'll notice that she just feels like sometimes she wants to be part of my videos on YouTube. And she's like, I want to be on the big screen too. And so I'll like chat with her and be like, okay, like pull up a chair. And I've actually had people say to me, I can see your inner child with you on her video. And wow. so it's like, and those people are, are more tuned in. They can see that. And, I, and she's just like, I just want to be part of what you're doing. And that's really ultimately what's so important is the inner child just wants to be brought back home. They want to be let back in. They want to be part of it all again. And we abandon our inner child because of all the pain and the trauma that's attached to being a child. And so when you bring them back in, it's like almost saying, yeah, you're important too. And you matter. And I need you here. I want you here with me. And it really starts to shift so much for us internally. Mm. They just want to be seen. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. Everything that uh, I'm a big advocate of is asking them what they need. Why not just ask them what they need, right? Because that's ultimately what I feel like is that the, the core of this approach, giving them what they're looking for, what they may have never gotten, what they need. And sometimes just simply asking, like, what is yeah. it that you need? And offering that. Mm -hmm. yeah. And always I find is, comes back to those, those areas where they may not have seen or felt seen or felt love or create this, this story around um, not being loved or lovable as a result of something it may have done you have done and coming back to that and letting them know that you know it's okay that that's not true mm -hmm. you know inner child work doesn't have to be hard it doesn't have to be complex the child is so simple and there are times where sometimes i'll just sit with her and brush her hair you know or there'll be times where we'll just be lying down um, on the floor, you know, by a fire and I'm just rubbing her back. Like, think about like when you were a kid, how, you know, you used to always want to rub each other's backs and take turns, you know, like in school and stuff. I don't know if you did that, but I remember in kindergarten, we'd like, it'd be movie time. You're like, okay, you're going to rub my back and then I'll rub your back. And it's just, it's so soothing. It's nurturing. Like, these are the little things, like whatever's going to nurture you from that place of that you just didn't get. Um, if you can really remember like all the little things that you love to do. And that's why like, I love seeing my niece and my nephew because it just opens up my inner child gets so happy because I like get to be brought back right into the child's spirits. So, so being around children can really help facilitate getting you there. If you, if, if you don't have your own children or um, if you kind of forget, like you haven't been around children in a while, it can really facilitate you. It can really show you. I just want to really recap that this has the potential to activate in us so much, so much dormant power. So much dormant power. It really is. Uh, a lot of the reason why people can't activate their intuitive gifts is because they don't believe in themselves. And the reason why they don't believe in themselves is because they've abandoned um, who they are as a child. Um, you know, you're either told you're not good enough or, you know, um, that like that doesn't exist or, you know, just completely shut down. So you start to believe in yourself more when you actually start paying attention to you as a kid and giving yourself all of what you needed. That's why a lot activates for you because you start to believe again. Yeah, Children believe. It got shut down as a child. So it's as though we need to go back there, rewrite that story in order for it to be opened up again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nicole, before I ask you one final grand finale question, 
Um, you mentioned earlier in the show that you have a, your own podcast, which you've been crushing it, by the way. Um, I know we talked about this last time. You're just over 200 episodes now. Um, haven't missed a week, which, like I said last time, I, I wish I can say for myself. But um, definitely, I'd love the, uh, the audience to, to the Awaken podcast to know where to check you out. Where's, uh, where's the best way, place to find you? Um, my YouTube channel is where you find everything, including my podcast, which is just my name, Nicole Frolic. Uh, I've been on, I've got like over 450 videos, I think. <laughs> so uh, there's lots there that uh, with the podcast is there. I've moved my podcast onto that channel. It's also available in iTunes and Spotify. And it's the Enlightened Up podcast. The Enlightened Up podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Well, links to all of those will be in the show notes. Was there anything else that you wanted to, to share? Um, yeah, you know, one of the things that I've created about almost two years ago uh, was this program called Alchemy. And it's a program that helps bring people together who feel alone or lost, are going through their spiritual awakening, really want to undo some of their healing. They're proactive, but they don't know really where to start and they really want a support system. And so I created this program called Alchemy that um, you can access from my website, which is NicoleFrolic.com. And it's a subscription program and um, it's very affordable. It's like only $11 a month, but I created it so that people felt like they have a family. Uh, we have our own private discord server. Everyone is so welcoming there. And it's it's been amazing to uh, watch how people have really opened up. People have come in so shy and like not really knowing what their intuitive gifts are or maybe knowing but really scared to use them and now like they're creating businesses out of it they're really putting themselves out there they're they're creating artwork they're uh, it's it, i am amazed and so if anyone out there um is wanting to was kind of wanting a nudge but maybe doesn't have the money to do one-on-one -on -one sessions or anything like that you know this is a support system. People are constantly um, supporting you, pushing you to do better, um, wanting to look at your work, having conversations. And it's just something there that helps people uh, not just find their tribe, but also find home within and really learn to settle in and get comfortable as they go through that transformational process. That's a self-alchemy. Mm, and the way that that group container can support that transformation it's, it's so important i didn't realize when i was creating it how important that was going to be i thought it was going to be more of the content that i was putting out because there is um there is private content that you only get access to like i do a guided meditation every month it's a new one i do a live call every second sunday of the month um there's um readings that i do just for the group and so uh we go through different kinds of content that help you um, understand more of what it is that your shadow work and what's coming up for healing. And um, you get, you get an opportunity to ask me questions on the live call. So it's, it's really, but at the end of the day though, I find it's the community and that's so important. And that's why like, just to kind of take everything full circle to where we started at the beginning of why it's so important to look at the illusion of this matrix that we are all separated and how they use fear to keep separating us further and further and further. When ultimately it's when we come together that we flourish and that we um, really thrive. And so I'm really seeing that. I'm seeing how through community we can thrive together and lean on one another um, and have someone in our, in our corner cheering us on. Beautifully put. Well, thank you for being a messenger of unity and oneness. Um, Thank you. Okay, one last uh, grand finale question for you. You ready for it? I'm ready. <laughs> Nicole, you just realized the power to telepathically communicate to all of humanity. What do you say? Oh, wow, I love that question. You are everything and more. You are everything and more. If you already can imagine it, your future self is already putting it into play. So 
connect with your future self who already knows that you are everything and more and ask what it is you need to do today to put into action now so that you do connect with that future timeline that believes that you are everything and more. Potent, so, so potent. Embody that future self now because you already are that. Mm-hmm. Asunders, Nicole Frolic, check out the Enlightened Up podcast if you haven't already. Um, Nicole, I wanna thank you for taking the time to, to have this interaction with me, being here and share all the magic that you have, but then also for all the work that you've been doing in support of our collective. Your, your YouTube channel is great, your podcast is great, and you're appreciated and supported in all that you do. Thank you for all you're doing and thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure to be on your show. Awesome. Take care, Nicole. Senders, that is going to be all for my conversation with Nicole Frolic, host of the Enlightened Up podcast. As I mentioned earlier, do be sure to go check her and her podcast out. Highly recommend it. And I do, of course, hope that this episode proves to have supported you in reconnecting to your inner child and awakening your intuitive gifts. Just before we go here, Senders, if you enjoyed the episode and have been assisted by this or the show, please do consider sharing the episode with one to three people that you care about in support of them, the show, and our collective at large. As each one of us steps into being a greater expression of ourselves, of our purpose, and our potential, this inherently serves the all. So please do again consider sharing the episode with one to three people that you care about. Anyways, Ascenders, that is going to be it for this episode of the Awaken Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in. And until next time, keep ascending. <laughs>